0: Well hey everybody, welcome to The Breakdown. My name is John Hummison. I'm your host. As always, joined with me is lead pastor Nick Pierce. We're here in the studio with another episode of The Breakdown from an exciting weekend. Yeah. I huge think so. huge weekend. We're going to take a pause in the revelation study, Yep. because that's not what you preached on on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, we,
1: we took a pause so on Sunday. So
0: I apologize. I, li- I lied way back when in the in the preview and I believe episode one, I said like the entire season's <laughs> dedicated revelation. There it is. And, and some changes. But uh, we're going to sit down and break down um, Church in the Park. Church in the Park. We had Church in the Park for those of you that don't love Jesus. <laughs> if I can say that. <laughs> Boom. That, that, that sounds like something I would say. No, no. Uh, we uh, we did church in the park. We'll uh, we'll kind of explain that um, right now, re- like right now. Yeah, like yeah. right <laughs> now. Just I don't know why I was gonna say. And, and, and hopefully,
1: it, like soon this week or like next Sunday, we'll have a like a little bit of recap, a little recap video, a little recapness. I hope so. We like It'll some good recap videos around here. Recap videos get me really <laughs> excited. What? It's
0: like yes, so oh, it's always good. So we uh, we sat down a few months ago yeah. and decided to do church in the park.
1: We did, what? <laughs> no, cause it was, um, it, we were trying to think of ways we wanted to celebrate our 30th anniversary mm-hmm. as a church, which would have been like May 13th or yep. something like so that. So surprise, So surprise. Yeah, yeah, if you didn't know, we're actually past 30 years old now. Um, and so we were thinking through like, okay, it's the 30th. What should we do for that? Yeah. And it really kind of turned into, we wanted to look at a way to try to get the whole church together in one service. Yep. Which is super difficult (laughs) when we're
0: doing three services. Difficult to get them in for one of the three services, let alone. Because the park honestly was not our first. It wasn't. At all. It was at least pivot number two, if not three. Yeah, I was thinking
1: it was at least three of what we were trying to do. And it was like, all right, we're going to do church in the park. And then like the whole week leading up to it, my wife keeps screenshotting the weather report to us. And the great thing
0: was we weren't even in the state. Yeah, we weren't even there. We were all the way across the country. And it's like, well, here we go. I was like, what do you want me to do about a woman? Like, this is the Lord's issue right now. So Tuesday when she texted us, I was like, there was a part of me that's just like, (laughs) oh, no, here we go. Like, but it ended up working out. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Good weather. So uh, I thought what we would do is uh, do a little behind the scenes, okay. a little, little peek into your pastor's heart. Ooh. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. That? <laughs> that's a great question.
1: <laughs> We're still waiting on We're that s- guy.
0: No, I thought it'd be cool. Um, you had a little snafu on Sunday with your iPad. A little bit. And uh, it was baking in the sun. And I, I as the tech guy, I, I just totally didn't. You just sat there and giggled. I, mean, I was on no, my way up. No
1: help, no nothing. I was
0: on my way up, no, but there was no way that somebody I was able to yeah, fix it. So there was nothing we could do. Forgot I would for somehow I didn't even think about that thing baking in the sun. Yeah. And then Yeah, we had a black
1: I use a table to preach from, and it was it's a black table in the sun, laying flat on that with the sun beating right yep. down on it. Like the whole thing was like a hundred thousand degrees. So you got what, halfway through? Did you even get halfway through? Yeah, I would say I was probably a good halfway through. And all of a sudden. And then I just looked down and it said, oh, it's done because of Did you the temperature warning thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally did. That's, totally did. That's awesome. It, and it, you know, it, uh, it, we call it Lazarus now. It is back to life. Everything is good. <laughs> Everything so, works when it cools off. Yeah, exactly. Even me. Yeah. <laughs> if I can just cool down a little bit, I'm really good. So, so, yeah.
0: I thought we would just do kind of a little bit, because we have kind of the time and space. Yeah. Um, a little bit of the behind-the-scenes, because some of what reverberated... Rever- that, yeah, we'll go with that word. Yeah, go with that word. Uh, one of the things that reverberated with me just throughout the day was, uh, one, it was really cool to see our entire church together, both on campus and online, because we yeah, live so live-stream. So for the first time since you've been here, since I've been here, we truly were the church together, God. one service, you know, all in one location. But then I heard as I was just walking around the murmurs of holy cow, I didn't realize this many people <laughs> went yeah. to Calvary. I didn't realize. And so a lot of the times you don't realize when you show up on Sunday morning, and no fault to anybody else, you just, yeah. you don't realize the kind of behind the scenes and yeah. the stress and the prayer and the things that have gone on. And so I thought it'd be fun because it tied into your message, yep. um, you know, about how we faithfully respond yeah. in in every season, every situation, for us just to kind of dive in and break down the season that Calvary's in mm-hmm. right now. Um and what that what that looks like from your perspective as the lead pastor is the one, you know, prayerfully championing what the Lord has for us as a church, for us as a staff, for, yeah. for our people. And so, this is this basically is your semi timed to open mic night. <laughs> open mic night. But we also know that when you put a, a mic in front of two <laughs> pastors. Oh. We could have a six-part sermonette,
1: <laughs> preaching and like trying to open up about your own heart and the things that you're processing. Those are two different things. So very much, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, so uh, it is a really unique season that we're in, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least, unique season. That's that's the words we're gonna go with. So, like to rewind the clock a little bit. So, some people probably don't know, like just because of. How many people are new to Calvary? They don't know anything different than what Calvary me. was before. before. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Right. Uh, and it's kind of fun when they find out uh per se how new i am a lot of people think i've been here longer than i have even the people that know how long i've been here they're like i feel like it's been a it's decade been forever i was like i don't know if that's a compliment or not mm-hmm. so um but when new people new ish people find out they're like oh you've only been here and it's yeah it's been since november of 2020. so almost three years yeah almost three years going on three so it'd be like two and a half ish ish we embrace the ish yeah we do um and so when i first came uh, <laughs> You know, they went through a pastoral transition that took a lot of 2020, I believe. Yep. You know, and and a lot of that looking back and, and listening to those that were here and a part of that process. Um, I- any pastoral transition is difficult. Yeah, like it just it is what it is. It's never good, um, e- even in the most healthy ways you know in those transitions there's always opportunity for satan to want to get a foothold you know we even see that with moses to joshua you know paul to timothy's even kind of handling a few things and so anywhere we have a bunch of broken fallen people even though we're saved by grace through faith in jesus anytime there's a lack of leadership or a transition of leadership or not even clearly defined leadership there's always going to be issues that follow with that and so you know and and Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks was not immune either, you know? And so that pastoral transition took, um, a a lot of 2020 and me and my wife think it would be a great reality show to have, you know, like, Hey, here's two or three churches that are looking for a pastor. And then they're following two or three pastors that are trying to find churches because it's Mm -hmm. a process.
0: Discovery channel, new reality uh, series. I can
1: and E, something, right? If, if you can have 19 out, kids we, and counting, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Copyrighted, trademark. Uh, if this shows up, we see this oh, next yes, year. Yes. Oh, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> but I, we
1: really do think it would be because it's not like you just don't roll into Lowe's and fill out an app and like, hey, can you do the yeah. job and Flip Burgers or whatever it would be. It really is a process yeah. of. Um, of transition of, if a church is trying to find a new pastor and, and again, different denominations do it differently. Yeah. And even how Calvary did it would be a little atypical to the standard Calvary chapel yeah. manner in which things were done. And, and I think the Lord uses all of those. And so I don't think there's one right, wrong, one wrong way. It's just um, it, it's what is going to be best for the people. And I think God was stirring and moving for this way to be done uh, because he was doing a yeah. work. So, and then the other thing, if you've been living under a rock that happened in 2020, <laughs> COVID.
0: <laughs> what's that?
1: Yeah, what's that? <laughs> Please explain, Nick. And so for Calvary, you know, having those two things, coming out of COVID and coming out of a pastoral transition, like even just looking at normal Sunday attendance mm-hmm. from 2019 and then in 2020. It was
0: a massive shift.
1: Yeah. And and again, so anytime, and like, let's, let's talk about the pandemic uh, per se, the normals of pastoral transitions. Sometimes people just, hey, this is a good, it's a transition time. It's a good time. If they're already looking for maybe a way out, hey, so Cliff was the... Uh, pastor before me so hey we love Cliff if, if he's not going to be the pastor we're going to we're going to go down the street trying to find another church yep. and there's nothing wrong with that um when you get into unhealthy things i read this in an article by Chuck Smith and so he was a part of the foursquare movement before he came to Calvary Chapel mm. he actually didn't start Calvary Chapel it was a little 30 person church when he came to it and, and the foursquare denomination, they, they'll move you like every two years. Hmm. And so he was used to leaving churches and walking into churches, and they would just kind of transition yep. you out. Even Walmart, Sam Walton, was a big advocate for this with his store managers. He liked to move them every few years because you bring in a fresh vision, fresh guy, hmm. and it gives an opportunity to do something new, where sometimes you might grow a little stagnant or something like yep. that. So it even plays well sometimes even in you know the business world. And so Chuck Smith wrote an article Talking about, hey, you pastor, what do you do when you walk in to a new church? Mm-hmm. And, and he talked about the people. And he said, people will leave in three waves. You're not above it, just accept it yeah. how it is. Yeah. And it's pretty much the universal truth amongst pastors. And at the end of the article, you know how people can start replying to articles yeah. nowadays and, and seeing all these pastors talk about They're it responsive. like so. This was super true for me, and absolutely <laughs> for me, and da-da-da. No, no, no. But people leave in three waves when a new pastor comes in. One, they're they you're gonna have one group that leaves even before the new guy gets there. Yeah. You know, and Calvary had that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then you have people that will leave. Hey, we'll try out the new guy. We'll see what he's we'll like. We'll give him a chance. Yeah. And going from cliff that had like cool hairstyle, awesome beard. Glad you brought it up. I wouldn't go into it. Thank you. Okay. Then to me, and it's like uh, like we know he's a cancer survivor. Does he still have cancer? Like, look at this. Like, is is he okay? Is or, something wrong? If you're wrong not with watching him? on
0: YouTube, Nick yeah. is as bald as they come. <laughs> <laughs> he has more hair on his face than on his head. Absolutely.
1: Hey, bald is beautiful. And every time
0: you. that I mention anything about hair, Nick takes a shot.
1: Oh yeah, because not every- even directed at him. It's just like oh. We were just on a trip together, and we were sharing a hotel room. And every morning he has to get up and get the little hair goop. And oh, my hair looks so great. And I'm like, thanks for rubbing it in. For I wasn't even directed. Back. I was Whatever. in the other room. So, yeah, in my modeling days, like, we were both models. Like, you were a model as a kid. I was. And, and I was always cast, like, you know, like, the before and after. I was always the before model. No, that's, that's a lie right there. I've never been a model and model. Like, they were like... I was those, the
0: guy they brought in was like, They were hey. like,
1: You're too ugly for the before pictures. <laughs> like, I was I was auditioning for the after. And they're like... Nobody's going to believe that. Yeah, it's too far off. Not too, too far off. So... So back on track here, quit rabbit trailing us over here, Jeron. Come on, guy. We're <laughs> my people are giving up their hard earned, like free time to listen to the breakdown. And <laughs> exactly you're over here right. talking about modeling. The second wave of people will leave when they try out the new pastor yeah. and they'll give them a chance. And it's like, not my cup of tea, which is true. Yeah. Like, and nobody, like none of us pastors, when we walk into a new church, want to be like, I want to do exactly everything that the guy before me yeah. did. And it's like, not really you know even when i was a youth pastor at a different church i was like i already knew like if i could ever become the pastor at that church i would change a b c d e i mean i had ready, a yeah. list i was ready to go you know but i wasn't the man yeah. and and even when i was a youth pastor I surrendered to his authority and even you know through that transition same thing and so and i think we had a few people that are that way that were that way at Calvary you know just hey i mean Nick's Nick, and there's nothing wrong with that. No moral issues, not like that. Just not. Not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. And I'm okay with that. And I learned this in the pediatric office. You know, we have a lot of patients and they're parents and, you know, parents can be parents sometimes. And they would want certain things like, oh, my previous doctor, we got his cell phone number. Why can't I have your cell phone number? And the doctor's like, because I want eight hours of sleep at night. I don't want you to call me at every whimsical idea that or bump that happens to your kid like, and so they would get mad at us well my my, my previous pediatrician used to do this, why don't you guys do this and that da, da, da. and it was and so we just started telling them like, we are a pizza hut, right mm. we make a really good pizza, yeah. You know, if you're in the mood for pizza, but if you want burger and fries, you there's don't There's to- a burger and fries joint down the road. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and there's, and, and we're not saying that like, oh, here, do you can just go down to the church down the road? It's the saying This is who we are. And so for me, like, that's why I want to say we can be, we are a church for anyone, mm-hmm. but we can't be a church for everyone. Yeah. You know, anyone that wants to find a home in Calvary and the direction that we're going with the mission and the vision, the strategy of ministry that we feel like God has for us, this is where we're going. Now, if you want to jump on this bus and ride along with us, let's go. But you don't get to drive. But you don't get to drive, right? And it's like, so, nor do you get to backseat drive either and just like pelt the driver Those the with a hundred, you know paper wads you know why aren't we uh, slow down turn over pull over whatever no you know it's like hey this is where we're going we'd love for anybody to join and if not it's okay yeah you know you 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 don't walk into pizza hut and cuss them out because they don't give you a burger and a fry nor do you walk into mcdonald's no i don't do you no nor do you walk into mcdonald's and get mad that they don't have a pizza yeah I, I think it's eventually they're all going to be serving everything, but that's called Jack in the box, which is <laughs> nasty. So in and out for life, baby. But, um, and so people leave, you know, uh, before you get there, then they'll try. And, and honestly, we have people that are committed. Uh, Calvary is their home. They're still here. And they told me that was going to be me. Mm. They said, we, we kind of saw the process through. We were going to wait until you moved here and, because they were going to leave before this. No, we'll we'll just let them get settled. Once kind of the and dust then we'll settles, out then we'll just slightly and, yeah. bow out the back door. And and now they never did. They never did. And we love them, and, you know. But I I thought I loved the super honesty about yeah. that. And then the third wave of people that leave, and this is never the fun one, right? The first two, one I have no control over because yeah. they don't even know me. Yep, it's this transition they move. Second wave, I'm just not their cup of tea. Okay. And I'm fine with that too. The third way it gets a little bit hard. And again, we're not, uh, numb or naive to it either is people will think, oh, I didn't get put in leadership positions with the previous regime. And so when now's the new guy, shot. now's my shot yep. and the new guy comes in and then when they don't get those, they leave. Yep. And it's just like, oh, and that's a hard one too, yeah. you know? And so, Yeah. So transitions are always difficult and especially when you're shepherding people Um, and and you put a lot of factors into it. So like the the success of my ministry, there is a tie to even how long the previous pastor was here. Mm You know like uh people used to tell me like you never want to take over for a long-standing pastor that like that never works out well whatsoever you it, didn't
0: listen to that did yeah you?
1: yeah because cliff was here 17 years you know <laughs> even at my old church my pastor was there in the senior role for almost 30 years yeah. you know the church was like 36 or something like that he was a youth pastor for 11. like um and and they'll even tell you in transitions, like one article I read said, you want to give a month f- of at, for every year that the pastor was there. So in Cliff's case, like uh, a standard should have been like 17, 18 months. Wow. That you want to like transition yeah. or whatever. And, and we talk a lot and, and I loved how you did this at church in the park. You know, we were talking about celebrating the last 30 years in a, and Out of the four pastors that have been senior pastors of Calvary Chapel, Lake Mm -hmm. of the Ozarks, Cliff by far has the longest standing um, at 17 years. And you said, hey, he's not gonna, he doesn't even know I'm gonna do this. He's probably gonna hate it. And we had him stand up and we applauded and honored him. Because honor should be given where honor is due. And Cliff is a a phenomenal pastor, a wonderful dude, and still connected to Calvary, which we love, you know, and everybody always asks us like, what's it like having the previous senior pastor there? And I'm like, amazing. You know, like, and you would never know. Like, there's no power struggle. There's not like that. And it's all to his credit. Yeah. Like he's super humble, and and I've said that publicly. I've said that from the pulpit, and I'll even say it on the podcast.
0: We've covered every basis. Yeah. That why we Why is
1: every word starting with P? <laughs> publicly, pulpit, podcast. Yeah. Um. Any platform you give me. I'm also, <laughs> sorry. Now I'm just alliteration. Um. But you know, it's so. It's so that transition. A lot of times they'll say, "Hey, you want to be like? You don't want to be the rebound pastor." <laughs> You know, and I've seen that.
0: Like, I never thought about that.
1: The church I grew up in, as a young boy, they were going through a. You know, the pastor that was there when I was a kid had left after a couple decades, and then they had a pastor for about two years, and yeah. and now they have a, a. Not that that guy wasn't solid, but it seems like the church just needed like a rebound girl. Yeah. What I hate that <laughs> terminology, but that's what it's like. It's like. You know, and and even talking, you know, we were on the trip up to Washington talking Mm -hmm. to that senior pastor, you know, he was even kind of speaking some wisdom into that. How do you even deal with if you inherit board members? And it's like, don't hold me culpable or uh, don't hold it against me for the sins of my father, in a sense. So like, hey, you didn't like how this previous senior pastor operated things. Don't take out those frustrations on me. Yeah. Yeah, And he was talking about that. And he goes, I had that conversation with a couple board members and they just started weeping because
0: that's what they did. Yeah.
1: You know, they were like so frustrated about how the previous pastor, had did a couple things. And he's like, that's not me. And we're not going in that just direction. Just the assumption that he's going to do the
0: same thing. Yeah. Just yeah. the
1: assumption or just you're so crispy and burnt by that, that you want to, yep. you know, oh, here's my opportunity. Hey, it's not going to be like this newbie and, and it's like. That's never been the goal, you know?
0: Put my foot down.
1: Yeah, so, so a lot of backstory, because when I came to Calvary, like the first couple of months, people would be asking me, it's like, what vision do you have for the church? And this is inside Calvary, and those, like my friends on the outside of Calvary, yep. like, hey, what's it like? What's your vision for the church? And like, I would say this, honestly, I'd be like, "To stay open. Yeah, and they would just kind of laugh, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm yeah. not. I'm not joking. Like, you know, and so for the church not to close down. Is yeah, thirty percent of church is closed in COVID. Yeah, you know, especially small churches in rural areas are the hardest that were affected by that. And so, like, that honestly was the truth. And and because of the two big things that went down—a pastoral transition and COVID—I mean, COVID alone. Close yep. churches down, then you put a pastoral transition. So all my friends were like, Who takes over a church in the middle of COVID? I'm like, me, sucker. <laughs> you know, it was like, I like a good challenge. <laughs> so um, that really honestly was the vision was just to come in and just like just just try to bring stability. Yeah. You know, that was the key. And so um so when you fast forward two years, I never would have thought we would have been here if you would have asked me at the very end of 2020 or even the beginning of 21. Yeah. Like, Hey, what do you think you'll be doing in two years? I'm like, I'm, I'm hoping the same thing. Yeah. Like that was the goal. Like, let's just come in and be steady for a couple of years, you know, allow some dust to settle, allow some wounds to heal. And and even just for me and my family to, you know, kind of yeah. just get their wings up underneath them or something or whatever analogy, get your feet under whatever they use now, whatever the kids are saying on the old YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> oh whatever gosh. it is. Right. I'm just showing my age over here. I'm a boomer, but. <laughs> you know we just that that honestly I just want to be I want to faithfully preach I want to just get some basic discipleship rolling with life groups and then just just be here I yep. just wanted to be present with the congregation um
0: yeah that's not what the lord wanted to do at all whatsoever <laughs> Well you hired me 2 years ago and when you hired me my wife and I sat down after like we t- I think we'd been here a month and yeah. there was this slight fear <laughs> of I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. the first one to go if things get rough. Like, my job is... Heck yeah, you are. Like, <laughs> Don't you forget it, buddy. I, I the, Whatever. Like, we have to have a, a worship pastor. We have to have a youth pastor. We have to have a kids director. We don't need a creative pass. Like, that's the first to go. The we don't need guy, them watercolors. That's exactly. Right. That's the first to go. <laughs> and there was a point where I'm like, just looking, looking at our budget, looking at finances, looking at numbers, yep. just looking at the reality and knowing of what, what had just happened in 2020 coming oh, out yeah. of that. Like... Babe, let's keep the resume fresh and hot, just in <laughs> yeah. case. Like, keep it updated, baby. Keep in- it updated. And it's it's true. It's been we've had many conversations where it's just like like on Sunday morning we'll stand in the back and be like, what is the Lord doing? Oh yeah, in a good way. Like yeah, in, a good in a good way. way. Like why yeah. why us? What is He doing? You know. And your sermon on Sunday, you know, it was it's so perfect because like your little repeated tagline was God's faithfulness is always fulfilled in His time. Yeah. You know, and what's crazy is. So many times we want to we want to put it into our time frame. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I've got this five year vision for the church, and as long as we do this formulaic X Y Z, this is where we're going to get to. And in some ways, that would be better because you know if you're walking through the formula, quote unquote, you know you you're thinking through processes and how Mm -hmm. we're going to move and transition from this many people to this many people. That that was not the case for us. Yeah,
1: and and to say that it's not all even numerical, no. even though that is an issue, no. like, we, like this sheer square footage space, we got no more, <laughs> we have no more. And that is one thing that we are processing and praying about, but it's not even that, like we've had people that were a part of Calvary, uh, and for whatever reasons felt like it was best for them to leave. And then when I came in, they came back. Yep you know, and some people that were very closely tied. Um, and, and I'm thinking of one couple specifically and they've, they've gone on, they moved and that's all that. But I remember meeting with this person for breakfast and they were like, Hey, I love you. Like it would have been so cool to do ministry together and da da da. But like, I probably will never walk foot back in there. And I was like, okay, I'm not asking you to either, you know, and, but continued meeting with this person and for eventually probably for six, nine months, Came back. And enjoyed it, I think, and and I think that brought a lot of healing to this person. So that when they did leave, um, and they moved out, of, like they left, I I'm a big advocate. We want to transition out of a place yeah. of health. Yeah. Let it be staff people. Let it be key leaders. Let it even just hey, like I call Calvary my home, and then God's gonna do a work, and you move in a couple years. I want to transition out of a place of health. Yeah. Never out of like oh, I hate this place, hate that guy, da da da. Like the, and and I even I learned that when I transitioned and out of grace coming here. I didn't want to leave cuz you got the church capital C is one body. Yeah. You can't burn one part of the body because you're frustrated with it and think that the the new part of the body is going to be okay yeah. with that. Like cuz at the end of the day the church is the Lord's bride. Yeah. You can't kick her in the shin and think that she still wants to hold hands with you. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I wanted to leave Grace well. And and to be honest, there was opportunity for me to cause a massive poo storm if yeah. I wanted to. Burn it to the ground. Absolutely. Yeah. And some people are like that. They just want to see the world burn, you know, let it be from staff, key leaders, even just normal congregants that just call whatever church their own and it was like i just felt like hey whatever the transition would be whatever i would endure through that like i wanted to leave well because for me i felt like how i leave um will be directly connected to how i arrive Mm. and sometimes we miss sight of that yeah because the church is still one body jesus is coming back for a bride not a harem right Mm. He's not, he doesn't have 72 virgins lined up. This isn't that religion. He's coming back for a single bride. And sometimes we miss that. And so again, you know, we think, oh yeah, the church is the bride of Christ. Yeah, the church, not Calvary Chapel, not, and you can name any of the, like we, those who put our faith and our trust in Christ, saved by grace through faith, like we are the church. Yeah. Now the local assemblies, they are different, right? And we have a little denominational differences and, and I think that's okay and that's good. Uh, I wish there was more times that even here at the lake, we could be more ecumenical mm. and come together. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like um, I think I even said it Sunday, like if, if, if God wants to do the full work that he wants to do through Calvary, it's going to take more than Calvary. Yeah, Like Calvary doesn't need to be the healthiest, biggest church in the lake because we can't do it alone, Yep. you know? And so we need to be praying for all the other churches in town, churches in Camden, and churches in Eldon, like it'll take more than us. And that was a word spoken over us even yep. last week, yep. but we've kind of already been saying that a little bit, like we know it's going to take more than us to reach the lake for Jesus. And so, but we just want to be able to do our part. Yeah. And so in transitioning, even in that, just to have a mindfulness that it's not just this church or that church, but it is the body of Christ and so we just get to go and so if we leave we transition whatever it would be we get to just fellowship with another group of yeah. believers another group of family members is what we have so so yeah the the transitionings the the leadership in that like honestly um and so we have the not just numerical growth cuz like and it's always hard. We People uh, within church culture, like, oh, how big, yeah, it's a first it's question. It's first question. Oh, yeah. You go to a
0: pastor's conference, you go anywhere, it's like, oh, oh where are you from? Yep. How big's a church? Are you married? How many kids do you have? Like, yeah. those are the four oh, or absolutely. five questions everybody's going to get asked. Yeah.
1: And then they're always hard questions. And and so, y- yes, numbers don't lie we don't talk back to them, right? Like, we're just going to like that. Yeah, there you go. Numbers are all I know. I I stole that from somebody. I'm not that smart. <laughs> but um and and Jesus cared about numbers, you know. He left the 99 to go after the 1. Yeah. You know, like if you gave me 99 of anything and you told me there's a 100, I would have not known the difference. Mm. Like if you throw down a 100 MMs in front of me and you like sneakily grab one of them or if one accidentally falls, there's no way I'll know. Yeah. Plus, I'll be eating, like, 75 at a time. I'm just going to town, right? Um, but I, I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Like, I have four kids, and I, I still forget that sometimes. Good thing they're numbered, right? Number one, two, three, four. Come here. I'm working on their names. Hey, you're right? not mine. That's, that's, that's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Learn their names. Next year, it's their middle names. Oh, my God. Hopefully for their birthdays one day. We just wake up. If if my wife didn't decorate for the birthdays, I'd have no idea. No, I'm teasing. I I'm hope there's totally, not anyone I'm listening who totally has joking. no
0: <laughs> Like there's somebody listening that has no context with oh, your humor, th- and or they're us. only gonna cut that part out and be like, a a Jerk. Yeah, I cut that out and send it to your family.
1: <laughs> so so like numbers matter because uh, I learned this in student ministries. Like, uh, so let's say you're having a youth event. You know, and I used to let's get, say, let's say, let's say we're having a youth. Event. I used to get in fights with other youth pastors. Not like fist fights, even though I wanted to, like I'm about <laughs> to throw hands. But they would get so mad at me. They're like, so we do it a youth event. and It's like, all right, how many from your youth group do you think that you're bringing to this? And we're all coming together, and we need to know numbers because we need to know how much pizza we're getting, yep. like how much transportation, like how many do you think you're gonna as many as God will bring. Now that sounds super spiritual, but there's no physical possible way that we can plan accordingly. You tell that.
0: you tell the pizza place.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: how many pizzas do you want? As many as God's <laughs> gonna bring yeah. that you want to make.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that's honestly what we're saying. Like, you let's just roll down that analogy. Like, so imagine that's how you're planning this youth event. We want as many as God will bring. Okay, so we call pizza. Pizza Hut says, all right, how many pizzas would you like? We want to feed as many as that God's gonna bring to our event. I don't care if you're an atheist, a Buddhist, a Christian. The guy on the other line is going to say, "How many stinking pizzas do you want?" Yeah. I need a number, right? I mean, th- and and that's one of the things that we look at even here. Like, I want to know how much seating we have because at some point it gets massively uncomfortable, and we need to make a shift in that. Yeah. Now, if we just and and I think honestly, God is protecting us um, by just the restraints that we have yeah. and, and church size, and we're okay with that. But, like, numbers matter, but we're not, you know. So if, uh, think of any ministry, if all of a sudden, like, and people vote with their feet. If it starts mm-hmm. declining, you know we got to look at it. is there good leadership? Is it not supplying the need? Yep. Is it, you know, we got to w- ask
0: some hard questions. We got to and- ask some
1: hard questions. Well, how would we know that? You know, because there's always going to be a couple of people that's like, oh, I love that third Tuesday of the month afternoon Bible study for single adoptive mothers <laughs> that have blue eyes. It's like, yeah, there, there's four people in that group and they love it. You know, but. So, so numbers matter, but we, but we don't
0: find our identity in them. Yeah. We don't find victory in them, and we don't find defeat in them either. Don't want to elevate them and pretend they're not. You know, you don't want to elevate them and focus on them yeah. at the same time. You don't want to pretend that they're not real. Yeah, because people do vote with yeah. their feet. Yeah,
1: and and the and and growing and not everything that grows continuously is healthy. Like I've said that before. Like the only thing that grows continuously in nature is cancer you know and so but also then you read the story of like jacob in the old testament you know he's working for laban um and he's trying to work off his debt for both of his wives Mm -hmm. which is a whole another story and we're not um that's like condoning seven yeah we're not condoning polygamy like calm down now some of these guys are like oh two wives here we go like how about you do a better (laughs) job of just being you know a husband of one wife and then we'll worry (laughs) about number two no but he's working off his debt. And one of the things that he said was, you know, Hey, let me breed your flocks together. Well, when they're healthy numbers went up, you know, there were certain numbers mattered and stuff like that. So the same thing with us, like the the numbers aren't the goal. We're not successful because there's 2000 and we're not horrible because there's only 200. We just, we just look at them. Um, and so, but not only are we growing that way, but it's also the the growth of our people, like seeing some people uh, in their walk with the Lord, they're stepping into key leadership positions. They're becoming life group leaders. They're even just joining life groups. They're serving more like all of these things matter. And, and that's the growth that we're seeing holistically, uh, as Calvary and all of them provide, um, necessary issues and problems and complexity, Yep, you know? And so it's like, oh yeah, like, so case in point, Uh, Last semester of life groups, we heavily announced life groups when it wasn't really the normal like push, like the big push. Like, we're always going to on ramp at the beginning of each session. Um, We had, I think, one Sunday, a dozen people sign up to be in life groups Mm -hmm. and they started that week. Like, we had to create a life group for people. Yeah. But if I didn't care about numbers or if I didn't count that or didn't know that, then it would be like, I have a dozen people that want to take their next step in faith. And can't. And can't. Yeah. But I need to know how many people are in life groups. How much space do they have? Could they take a new couple? or? Do, and so, you know, they were full, so we had to start a new one. But we needed to know those numbers. And so some people get real kind of weird about numbers. And then my big, so just go with me here. Let's go. All right. Any church <clears throat> in America, mm-hmm. they will count their tithe and offering down to the penny. Mm-hmm. All right but they'll be super vague about their people. Ooh. So where do you think their focus is? They will tell you where any penny goes in and out of the church because that's good biblical stewardship. But when you talk about any events or any growth, how many baptisms, how many new salvations, how many people are joining life groups, how many next steps are people taking? How big was church in the park? How da 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 ish, uh, we we had a few. Oh, we're we're, we're growing between one and five thousand. Yeah, because then that's where you get the pastoral equations. You know,
0: mm. <laughs> it's
1: like asking. Heard some of those. It's like asking the girl in middle school how many boys had she kissed. Like you always take that number times it by two. <laughs>
0: three like, yeah. so six, six. okay six. okay
1: you're you're smooching <laughs> behind the library you wow. <laughs> i'm just teasing and us boys did the same thing too okay we, you know don't want to make it just be out to girls It was just a joke analogy but but we get into those pastoral things where it's like we say bigger numbers than yeah. what they really were and it's like that's not serving the body we wouldn't do that with the tithe you know like oh we made 10 grand and it was really eight like <laughs> what what does conflating that number out, yeah. do for us? Like, we got to live in reality, and so. But I, I felt super convicted by that because it was like, if I'm taking the time and the importance to know where every dollar goes in and out, but I'm not looking at my people, you know, mm. where, where am I putting the focus? Yeah, you know, and so, uh, in, in the same way, I want to, you know, I want to know how many new boxes we're giving out, yeah. different things like that. So. Sorry, I know we're going down a lot of lot of rabbit trails. Just I told to, you it's open mic. Open mic. When you get it, too far off, I'll be like the, yeah, the little like ring it in, yeah, ring it in. There we what go. Are they, the
0: bumpers on yeah. when you bowl.
1: And so, and so, not only are we trying to figure out how do we make physical space for people, yeah, you know, which we're dealing with. Um, Uh, you know, if you're listening, uh the easiest thing that you could do to give us more runway before we would have to make another massive shift to service times or adding a service, anything like that, just come to first and third.
0: Please. We're begging you. Yeah,
1: if you come to second service and you're able to come to first and third, like that is a work of the Lord right there. Like He has a special crown in heaven for you because that's now we'll speak on your behalf. Yeah, because the second service
0: is just is just full. It just is. I don't even know if I'd say full. What would you? What word? Jam would packed would be the word that I'd use, because yeah. the sanctuary's full, and then there's been 50 people upstairs. Upstairs, to which is almost at capacity upstairs at that point. Yeah, like
1: yeah. And then the other uh, pressure point is going to be is the parking lot. <laughs> like Pastor Sean has had to park people up on the road, you know, and it's just like, and thankfully we know the neighbors next door. They let us park in their front lawn, and yep. you know. And, and everybody says, oh, these are good problems to have. And it's like, but they're still problems.
0: You make it your problem and you probably wouldn't say that. Yeah. You know, like you say that because it's not your problem because I've yeah. said that like, oh, these are great problems to have. Yeah. Until I'm the one that has a problem. It's like, oh, that stings yeah. a little more. Yeah,
1: like chemo caused good problems. Like chemo was working. It was killing the cancer in my body. But I also was horribly nauseous and I yeah. couldn't eat. You know, but the doctor didn't look at me and be like, "Well, your chemo's working." You know how many patients I walk into and the chemo's not working? Like, just suck it up. It's not a selling point. No, yeah, it was still a problem. It's a good problem. Hey, chemo's working, but it's also causing these side effects. Yeah, you know where? So uh, let's just walk that one out. Um, do you? When you have cancer, at least the type that I had, and the cancer cells are being killed by chemo. Do you know how your body gets rid of them? Vomit it up. No, you urinate them. Oh, they go through your urinary system. Did not system. know that. But my my cancer was, uh, at least mine, was super receptive to the chemo. So, like, we we're killing a lot of cancer cells at once. And they were worried that the cancer cells were going to, the dead cancer cells were going to clog my kidneys. Good and then cause, they were like, there is a chance you could have kidney failure. And I was like, no I don't <laughs> no. know that that's better yeah. and so then they put me on a, a medicine a gout medicine called allopurinol for it oh and I've heard about yeah that. so it's like hey this will protect your kidneys I'm like perfect so we we go home in day two on that med and I broke out with a head-to-toe rash like poison ivy because I'm allergic oh, to allopurinol. No. yeah but who am I supposed to like oh your kidneys are protected because your cancer is dying and it's like but I'm covered in poison (laughs) ivy. Like my, I'm miserable beyond belief. Oh, and the story even gets better. My wife was so nervous because I was very agitated. Yeah. And they are like, Hey, so they called in Ativan to try to calm me down. Yep. I adversely react to Ativan. Stop it. No, you could, uh, I, you Ah. would ask my wife, the very thing that Ativan treats like anxiety and like that, like agitation, like usually we'd flip for you. Yeah. It caused that in me. It didn't calm it, it caused it for me. That is the only time, I this. She, we were just telling somebody this the other day. She said, that is the that, that was the scariest moment of my life because I thought Nick was gonna do something like taking his life because he mm. was so miserable. I don't remember. Like you so were out of your I was, mind, not yourself. Yes, yeah. yes, I don't remember that. I mean, I remember the rash a little bit, but like, I don't remember. And we went to the doctor and Ashley's like, He's super allergic. He like she was. I was right. like, "Wait, calm down over there!" What you? she was like, "No, you don't understand. It's like, not that you big a deal." So frustrated. <laughs> yeah, and so, but those are those are problems. And now, obviously, the good problem is is my cancer is dying. It's yeah, that is yeah. a good thing. But it was causing so many good problems that we still had to fix. Yeah. We still had to deal with. And so, uh, same thing with growth in the church. Let it be numerically or even in depth of relationship. You know, do we have enough life groups for people that want to take their next step? Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things I'm looking at right now is like a new believers class. I don't want to call it that because that sounds like super shredded sounds wheat, awful. right? Like, hey, what are you doing tonight? New believers class, like, Bleh. you know? I want to call it something cool like terminator training or something. End <laughs> of the world training. T- terminator for Jesus. but you know, trying to think of like, you know, how are we reaching people, inviting them into a relationship with Christ? How are we growing people in their relationship with Christ? Because again, showing up on Sunday, we will preach and say, you can't just eat one meal once a week and think that that is a healthy <laughs> but diet, we do it. but we do it. But and so we can't just think, okay, Sunday's growing, and so we're doing our part. Yeah. No, there's still Monday through Saturday, and we, how are we growing people? You know, like quick shout out to the 21 days in the Word and yeah. the 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know, where that's not a big ministry like events, but it's just a focus that we are having as a church yeah. to help grow us. Um, and so. Uh, And again, getting good response for some people like, hey, this really is hitting uh, where I'm at in my walk. And so that's cool to see. And so always trying to think, how do we continually moving people along in their relationship with the Lord? That's never ending. And so it's not just about, butts and seats on a Sunday morning yeah. because, and, and this is an original, I, uh, Ed Taylor told me this, uh, Calvary Chapel, uh, Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Ed. I was just texting him today about, about tacos.
0: <laughs> Dude loves tacos. Loves.
1: He's always boasting about Man. them. There you go. Um, but every, every number has a name. Every name has a
0: story and every story matters to God. Yes. Right. And that's how I want Dang to look Dang it. I it. thought that was original because no. I've said You've, that online. No. Cause when we close every week online, I'll say, Hey, it's time to turn off. Let's see how to do it. Cause I'm not, I'm not thinking in online mode. Um, <laughs> hey, it's time word. for us to shut the cameras off, but church isn't over ministry starts now. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I'll do the, Hey, just because you're behind a screen. Mm-hmm. And we can't see you doesn't mean that you don't have a name. And we believe every name has a story and every story matters to us and to Jesus. Amen. Don't. That's good. No, like, it's good. I just was like, I felt super creative. Like, oh man, that was good. But that's somewhere it. Ed's burrowed his way oh, into my mind. Absolutely. No, that's good. We, yeah.
1: The amount of stuff that we see from just church and marcom and conferences and different things like that, like, and then you just put it all in a jar, shake it up, and you pour it out within our context, yeah. and it's like you're gonna find those little things. Like, I love again another Ed Taylorism. He has it up on his wall, which I know it's not even original for him. But at Calvary Church there in Aurora, it says uh, we will do everything short of sin to reach people with the gospel. Yep. Like, I love that, you know? And so, and, and I mean, even the, this podcast, this podcast, <laughs> the, the birthing of it was an idea of how do we engage people uh, between Sunday to Sunday, Yep. you know, yep. And, and so far, you know, just like a good surfer, we're just gonna ride the wave. If this loses its steam, if it loses its we'll effectiveness, it to the we're gonna burn it to the ground. And, but that's the thing at church, like what we talked about, the easiest way to kill a church is saying, oh, we've never done it that way. Mm. You know, if there's a ministry that's dying, just give it a good Christian burial. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as the main things are the main things. We wanna be focused in the word, focused in prayer, focused in serving, like we have those spiritual disciplines so that the fruit of the spirit is evident and seen in us. I heard the best line about discipleship. Are you ready for this? Let's go. I heard this at 4.15 this morning as I was listening to a sermon. Pulling a (laughs) dron? Yes, pulling a Duran. This, I love this definition of discipleship it is transforming natural realities to biblical responses. That's what discipleship is, is we wanna transform our natural responses to life around us. So instead of losing my anger when I get cut off or somebody puts pickles on my burger, even though I like those, I use that analogy, mm-hmm. but you know, when, when things don't go my way and I usually lose my patience and my anger and I'm a jerk, ask yeah. my family, I respond biblically instead. Mm. I respond as if Jesus really is on the throne of my heart. So you flip tables. So I flip tables, homes. eight <laughs> men, see, just following the Lord. But and so even even this podcast came out of how do we engage people from in between Sunday to Sunday, specifically how can it naturally fit into their normal schedules? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not everybody can come out to the church and sit for an hour and a half for a Bible study. If you can, that is great. And we love that there are people that do yep. that. But what about the person that is throws in some AirPods and is mowing the grass or on their drive to work and home? Like how do we, how can we leverage that time to, to help spiritually grow people Yeah, and to do it in a way where I, mean, I would love to sit down and have a one on one or even with families and couples in our church, but it's like, you know, even if all of us pastors did that, that would be impossible and it wouldn't be effective. But how can we reproduce ourselves where if everybody at Calvary listened to this and we hope so, that allows me like, I can do this. And then there's other things that I can do. I can be reproducible and even in my own life and ministry. And we've been talking about that scalability and how do we, (laughs) how do we make ourselves available where again, old school ministry is, Oh, I want, I want seat time, face to face time with the pastor. And that's hard to do as a congregation is growing. And, and I love the line again, stealing this. Uh, pastor said it and I feel horribly convicted. It's, it's not my responsibility to shepherd everyone, Hmm. right? And I'm not done. There's part two.
0: Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah.
1: Okay. So it's not my responsibility to shepherd everyone. And that's been hard. So like even in the last two weeks before our trip, like I met one-on-one outside of our normal meetings with 21 people, way too many, (laughs) which you looked at me and said, (laughs) I'm going to choke you out. And I struggle your... with that because I never want to tell somebody no. Yeah. Now, my wife would say, how about you just schedule those out? And that's what's hard for me. I like I need to do a better job of guarding my time because I know there's only certain things that I can do. Yeah. And I can't lose my first ministry like yep. people are it. But I need to do that in a way that doesn't put uh, Calvary doesn't put the staff at risk or it's like, where's Nick? Oh, Nick's in another meeting. And it's like, well, there's some ministry here that we need him to handle. It's like, I need to understand my role, yeah. right? So it's not my responsibility, but it is my responsibility to make sure that everyone's being shepherded. And yeah. that's where just trying to equip you guys as pastors, that makes me reproducible. Um, having life groups, you know, there, uh, there's a couple families, they've been through some thick of it, and I'm only hearing it secondhand. Because they they don't feel like oh I have to go to Nick yeah which I love now I I want to meet with everybody that I can but I love that because there's kind of that uh, in churches and it's becoming an old style um, where the 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 culture of church is changing a little bit where it's the holy man myth mm, yeah and a lot of times they have the holy place myth as well where it's the holy man myth meaning. Only Pastor Nick can pray for me because he's the pastor.
0: I mean, I'm done right now. I didn't have 21 meetings two weeks ago. <laughs> Ain't nobody <laughs> wants to meet with All a great pastor. Alright, so if pastor, you need a meeting with a pastor, meet with him. Unless your something breaks in their house, that's technology. I,
1: I learned that the hard way, and it was it like actually really hurt my identity yeah. as a youth pastor. And I've said this story even uh, from the pulpit. So, uh, but it's so fun to repeat it. Yeah, I, I walked in. I got a call from the church office, and and I was on call every. There were seven of us pastors, and each night, each day, we were. A, that was my day to be on call. So yeah. if anybody needed anything church wide. They I got that call that day. So somebody called and hey, I'm going in for surgery on this day, which was my call day. So I get the call. So and so is going in for surgery. Can you swing by the hospital and pray with them before you come in? Absolutely. I always kept a vial of oil because we had pray and anoint with oil, especially before medical. So I walk in and this individual looks at me and says, Oh, hey, Nick, what are you doing here? And I said, Well, I'm I, we heard you are having surgery and I'm here to pray with you. We just want to you know, support you as a church family. And da, da, da. She goes, oh, I thought one of the real pastors <sighs> would have came by. And I said, oh, sweetheart.
0: So I threw that <laughs> vial at her.
1: I'm sorry, because I'm not going to give you a real <laughs> prayer. No. <laughs> the Lord, don't listen to me right now. <laughs> Lord, turn. Give the, give the doctor's butter fingers. And I pray the scalpel stays inside. Amen. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Let it be painful, Lord. I pray anesthesiology wears off quick. And just be with her as she cries out your name in the middle of surgery. No, that's...
0: That took a really dark turn. Super dark.
1: That's the the pediatric news coming out of me. But that hurt. Like, I literally was, like, stunned. And I just sat there for, like, a second. and I was like, I, "I well, I'm sorry. I guess... Are you okay if I still pray with you? Yeah, I guess that'd be fine.
0: <laughs> I had something similar happen. Did you really? Yeah, I th- oh. I, I, I it must be a student ministry thing It because be. it happened when I was in student ministry. Same. And it wasn't as I don't, it wasn't as harsh as that, but it was it was pretty, pretty close. close. I mean, it was just like, "Oh, I I thought I was just like, okay." Yeah. And I still find myself at
1: times like you guys will come in and let it be Andy, to Sean, to you, and you'll give me an update on a family, like, hey, like, you gave me one today on a yeah. family that's going through, you know, their daughters having some medical stuff going on, and, like, it'll be a small knee-jerk reaction of, like, why am I not getting that call? And it's, like, because I can't handle all the calls. Because you're not a real pastor. Yeah, because I'm not <laughs> a real pastor. That's what it is. Because I I can't do it all. And and that, okay, so just calm down. If you're listening to this, thinking Nick is a loser, da, da, da. da go back to the Mm. old testament jethro walked up about tipping the (laughs) mic over jethro walks up to his son-in-law moses and says what are you doing Mm. you can't handle every case you can't deal with every situation that's going on in the nation of israel you need to put together a structure where there are capable people that can handle Issues at certain levels, and then if somebody can't, and it's a really, really, that's when you step into it. Because if you keep doing this, you you're gonna die. Yeah, you can't do it. And honestly, in pastoral ministry, like I I have to look at that and say, okay, who who do I say yes to? Um, but in the same breath, that means I'm gonna have to say no to someone else or to something else. Yeah. And you challenge me all the time in that, like, hey, whatever you say no to, you say yes to, or whatever you say yes to, you say no to yeah. something else. And so, just trying to look at my uh, at my schedule and keeping that God family ministry, but also step into my role instead of quit stepping out of my Mm. role you know and we as the church we are called to equip the saints to do the work of ministry where so many times in the church we just do the work the staff do the work of ministry for the congregation that watches and the you know and that's nothing against congregation i think a lot of times churches per se the people the congregants get slapped um because the pastor does everything and And they're like, oh yeah, they just sit and they watch. They're just an audience. It's consumer Christianity. Could it possibly be that pastors Mm. don't want to let go of ministry? Mm. That they are micromanaging. And so that's the reason why you're doing everything. And when we do everything, you can't do anything, not with excellence or anything, but you can't do anything to the fullness that God has for you. Because if you have so many things that are going on, you're just going to do everything, uh, Half backside and mediocre. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. At Thank what you for season. cleaning that up. That yeah. was... <laughs> I didn't know what season I could say the full. So uh, minimum four, we got to get okay. season four before See, you can say four, that. Season four, sailor <laughs> Nick is coming out. But you know, and that's the, it's like, do I want to be mediocre at everything? Or mm. what is God calling me to do? Let's do that well. And then the things that he's not calling me or that I can't do lead into yeah and allow somebody else to do that. And so that's where I think for me, that's one of the, where we're at also in growing is understanding, understanding my role a little bit and the church we were visiting up in Washington. Um, all right, quick shout out. He doesn't know I'm going to do this. So we're standing in the hallway and there's, uh, this is a bigger church. So they have an executive pastoral team and the senior pastor and we're standing there. And we were going to have uh, like a good 45 minutes just to hang with the senior pastor and talk with him. There you go with this. Yeah. And, and, and we were excited about that just because it's like, oh, we can ask the, the head honcho, the big cheese, some really fun, hard, tough questions and just get his response. And, and there was something in that moment that just hit me. And it was like, ask to see if if it's okay, if it's just you and him and one-on-one. Yeah. And I leaned over to you and I just like put my, I was like, hey, do you care if I just go in? And, and I
0: pitched a fit and flipped yeah. tables. <laughs> he
1: was like, no, absolutely. No, go ahead. Which I think helped you because you stepped into talking to some of those executive guys yeah. who, you know, have a great heart in supporting their senior, but like, Um, And we never even talked about really what me and that senior pastor talked about, right? We had the rest of the trip, and we've never brought up that conversation. Like, honestly, I sat there pretty emotional. Really? And he said, how you doing? (laughs) I said, it's hard. Yeah. I said, I don't want to let on to him. I don't want to let on to the rest of my staff. I said, I I even try to fight letting it on to my wife Mm. of how overwhelmed I feel at times. And it's not with the tasks and the ministry at hand, it's honestly a lot of internal yeah. struggle within me. Like, I have a lot of insecurities. Like, I just do. Join the club. Yeah, <laughs> and so when we see Calvary growing in every metric that we can, like we could just come up with a metric and it's like, oh, that's getting bigger. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> like, the insecurity in me is like, why would people wanna come to, like there's so many great churches out there like, like the insecure That's to be. So like funny. I have more insecurity in success or when things are going well than I do if they're really bad. Because if they're really bad, I think, oh, well, it
0: makes sense because I'm not that great of a person. Right? That's
1: hysterical because so, I've had
0: the exact same thought.
1: So I take that into pastoral ministry.
0: Like I'll downplay, like when even at Church in the Park, like, hey, this was an awesome event. Like yeah. I'll downplay things because it's like this shouldn't be going this way like
1: and I had somebody call me out on it because it's sin it's humility because a lot of times we think humility is only when things go well we don't take the credit for but even when things don't go well we always want to take the blame for it Mm. and so if I would have came into Calvary and Calvary never would have grown I would have taken the blame I wasn't a good enough leader and it's like no the Lord gives the Lord takes away blessed be the name of the Lord Mm. So humility is not just not taking credit when things go well, but also not taking the the hurt, the blame, the shame if things don't go well. Mm-hmm. Some things the Lord's just, hey, this is its time and its tenure. So we're sitting in there. And I said, and I think the main question was within the role, because their church is 1,800, 2,200 on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So obviously he's not meeting with everybody whatsoever. <laughs> he does 375 meetings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, five <laughs> meetings a day. And and then I mean, honestly, he doesn't even have the ability to lead every person at the staff. Like there's staff that's over other staff, and we he had that lead, conversation. Yeah, yeah we, and we talked about that. And and I said, I said my board understands it. I think my staff understands. It. I think even key leaders and people in the church understand. I said, how do you, how do I make myself? understand
0: Mm. my role
1: and that was the conversation that we had i said because i feel like an arrogant jerk yeah to think like hey i'm too high and mighty i don't have time for you yeah and and so he helped me yeah through that process to understand um and then even when we were at lunch i think the next day one of the executive pastors like he started talking and just getting after it and And the senior was over here just, just eating lunch. And I'm like, I'm about to cry hearing him. He's just like, you know, we, as he was talking about his department and everybody under him, he's like, our role is to support our lead pastor mm-hmm. because there's a mantle on him and that is different than everybody else. Yeah. And our job is to support him. And so hearing, hearing the conversation with the lead pastor the day before, and then hear an executive pastor like who, re,
0: restate that from, still, from yeah. a different
1: position yeah. on the bus or whatever it was just like. And so I really walked away from like step into the role, lead well, love people well, but also understand like, understand your role yeah. and step into it well. So, um, yeah, that was, and so thinking through, okay, so here we are at Calvary and what does that look like? I mean, it's e- it's equipping staff, Yeah, you guys as pastors and the other staff, like we need to equip them, you guys well, and be handing off, uh, authority and ministry. Um, and then also key leaders and how we're raising them up. There was a lot of great things. Um, so like, I'm super excited about the, The trajectory of Calvary, um, uh, I will say just to throw it out there, like people are like, Hey, Calvary's growing. What's the plans? What are we doing? And, um, one thing I do know is nobody, myself included, or any of the staff or any of the key leaders, no one is going to stand by the front door and tell people, Hey, sorry, we're too full. You need to go to another church down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I think what we're experiencing, I. Uh, so when we talk about God fulfill you know being faithful in his time, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like we're
0: I Just don't say, think we're there.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't I think I think the Lord still has something yeah. for us. And and we even had that word kind of spoken over us. Oh as, yeah.
0: It was a great word.
1: <laughs> we get there, they do this pre-service prayer, they bring us to the middle and they're praying over us and and multiple people are praying at the same time, which is super cool. Uh we call it Honduras because yep. That's what they do in Honduras. But I could hear a couple key voices of people I don't I didn't know because I hadn't met them yet. Yep. That was the first thing we walked into and just hearing them talk about um not us but what God is going to do in and through Calvary here at the Lake of the Ozarks. And these people probably don't even know what an Ozark is. They have is. no context for yeah. church. Like they probably see the show and a hillbilly and <laughs> like, think, yeah, there's somewhere in between that, too, you know. <laughs> like there's a Calvary chapel there. Okay, sure. So it it was really neat to see that, but I just don't feel in any context of the word. I don't feel the Lord saying like Okay, here's some breathing room. Here you go, buddy.
0: Yeah, you've arrived. No, bonus. no, no. Like,
1: keep pressing in. Yeah. Don't let yeah. up because he's not done working. Yeah. And we know he's not done working because we still have a pulse. Mm. Like, I don't want to relax and and rest back up on you know and just coast. Like, if anything, uh, my cross country coach used to yell at me all the time because when we'd be running. On a downhill, he always wanted me to lean forward and use the momentum of the downhill to make me go faster, and I hated that. Mm. And he's like, he would always yell at me, "Open up your strides, lean forward!" Like, and I and I feel the same thing. Like, we as Cal, we need to open up our stride, we need to lean into it uh, because the God, because of the God, uh, yes, that's I guess that's the proper, God. the, the God. one and only God, the <laughs> one and only God. He's not done uh, yeah. with us, and 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 what he is doing, I think, are just uh, the beginnings. Uh, to bring us to the place where he could work then in and through us. Yeah. Which sounds funny. And so uh, so if you were hoping this was it, it's not it's su- not a period, su- this surprise. is a comma yeah. <laughs> or a semicolon <laughs> so or I, a- something. Not even that. I just feel like it, it, like we just have the cursor that's blinking and God's going to write for the, the t- next
0: part of the story. Yeah, we're just <gasps> this waiting. Is the, this is the three dots on iMessage. Yes, when someone's responding yes. and you're like, come on, and then it goes away and then it comes back, back up <laughs> and then it goes away. I just feel like in, in
1: uh, as I've been walking through 21 days of prayer and fasting and giving up social media, which has been uh, very good. My wife has been very happy about that. Um, and then just pressing into prayer. I think the top prayer is uh, Lord, what are you doing? And I just keep dot 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 like Mm. in a sense it's going to be more of the same
0: yeah
1: but we're not done yet yeah you know because there's still more people outside of the church than inside of the church in the lake of the ozarks yeah and so we're not going to we're not going to stop we're not going to ease up and well what happens when now you have three services that are bursting at the seams and it's like we will cross that bridge when we get to it and, and God has given faithful spirit filled men wisdom, um, that will help us answer that question and answer it well. Um, but again, I, I want Calvary to be a church for anyone and we're gonna lean into that. So I have no idea if this is where you wanted the podcast to go. So it's exact, no, it's exactly where I wanted to God go. Is, it's like almost like group therapy for the pastor.
0: No, I think it's like one of the things, even that I was thinking through, you know, my heart for this episode is so many times there's this, um, there's this air quote, God complex of the guy on the stage, like he is holding the church up. And what people don't realize is like ministry is such a unique, um, not more important per se. It's just unique. It's just unique. And the reality, and we've talked a lot about this a bunch, is like we have office hours. Yep. But when people see us, we don't get to be Nick Pierce, John Humiston, who happens to be pastors. Yep. It's, hey, there's my pastor. You know, it's like, yeah. that's the defining role so, that w- that people place us in.
1: Yeah. I mean, even this morning, I, I got up early, went to Panera, was doing a little sermon prep and drinking some coffee, and I go to leave and I'm walking out and somebody... Oh hey, Pastor Nick! Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, I had no idea who this person was. Mm. And but it's like, all right, here we go. Like yeah. they recognize me. So, well, good morning, and you know, like, hey, remind me, help me again. Yeah. Like, and that's super humbling. And I think maybe sometimes I need that, yeah. so I don't try to act like I know it all or whatever. <laughs> so if this person's listening, sorry, <laughs> love you because we we <laughs> do feel, better, Nick. Yeah, do better. we feel like idiots when that happens, no, it's... but. But I do appreciate when the people are like, hey, we understand like it's easy to know one person who's on the stage. It's hard to know everybody that's out yeah. in the congregation or whatever. So um, but you know, it's it's funny for my kids when that happens. <laughs> they always kind of laugh. They'll they'll look at me, are they from church? <laughs> Nobody else calls me pastor. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not the normal are the times you have to be like, No, I Yeah, I don't know who that person know, yeah. is. I have no <laughs> idea why I'm not a pastor. So no what you're talking about. Now it it is a unique uh, thing, but I love it. Yeah. And I know I can't do anything else. And I just thank the Lord that he's given me joy in it. Um, even in the hard, I mean, yeah. we even, even in our time together, like we've been through some stuff, you know, walking with families through yeah. loss and grief and, you know, it's, it, it's a crazy thing. And but you know it's not bad for one day a week. So, oh
0: my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, that's why people actually believe pastors know, only work one day I a week. I say it
1: all the time. What do you guys do the but rest? Of the when, like, because there's people in our congregation that used to be in ministry or they're in like parachurch ministry yep. stuff like that, and it's so funny when we make jokes like that. They're like, we know, we know, yeah. And that's what, <laughs> we've we've been in the grind. We know. I haven't said that joke for a while because uh, some of the staff were like you need to stop saying that because it's like all right let's just have it out if somebody really believes that they don't understand ministry yeah. and so what I say doesn't matter and the people that do understand ministry they get that I'm joking yeah. and it's okay so if you think I work one day a week and that's it just show up. You're, just show up yeah you're, you're cute thank you so much <laughs> I love you and I'm praying <laughs> for you right um and and if you know anything about ministry it's like yeah he wishes he, he had a day off <laughs> So, cause that's, I mean, honestly, that's one of the things that we talked about up on a trip was like, you can't turn it off. You can't. We don't clock out, you know, like not even that like people are vying for attention or, you know, when it's off. Prey, like I can't shut the brain off. Yep. Like I'm always thinking about like my wife will call it, it out. She'll be like, what are you thinking about? And I'm like. Just your beautiful face. She's like, shut up. <laughs> you know, it's like she knows I'm thinking about ministry. Like, yep. h- how can I do this more effective? Or, you know, something in the sermon, or what could I have said better? Or, I mean, there's always something—an article, a podcast, listening to, to a sermon myself. Which, okay, closing. Do we got time for one closing thought?
0: Yeah, all the time in the world. Well, I have one specific person who just tried to call me that would be the only one to complain. Oh,
1: Mister Mister Holt. <laughs>
0: Mr. Holt, this is going on? We're,
1: we're under an hour. Here is the one thing of uh, specifically for me in lead ministry because right now I'm I'm pretty much the main
0: the in big the pulpit, in the pulpit, yes, the main guy, the guy in the
1: pulpit. You know, like you and Sean will fill in here and there, and we love it, and that's great. Mm. <laughs> I remember when Sean he was like, he just just like throw me a few on us, you know, in a year, and you're like, only if needed. <laughs> Like, if you're like dying, you gotta be dying. Yes. I'm. I may still say no. <laughs> like when I call him, be like, "Hey, I'm sick," and he's like, "How sick are you?" <laughs> you know. Um, the thing that I wasn't ready for stepping from youth ministry into senior pastor ministry. In youth ministry, I would sit under teaching every Sunday. Mm. I can't do that. And it was my wife, sweet Ashley. We love her. <laughs> that said, um, where are you? Mm. Where are you listening to the word? Where are you getting filled? Yeah, where am I getting filled? And so
0: And you said myself. I go back yeah, and listen to myself. I just go
1: back and listen to myself and think, wow, <laughs> who would want to listen to this guy? <laughs> but no. See, there's the insecurity. Like, there it even, is.
0: Even the board called me out on it.
1: And Did right, they really? Yeah. They were like, You need to be quit, you need to quit being so self deprecative. And then we had a sweet lady in our church. A that's my spiritual older. gift. Oh, right, absolutely. <laughs> then we had a sweet lady in the church, old enough to be my mom. She pulls oh, me sh- and and Sean, because Sean's a little bit of the same way. And she's like, All right. Here's some mother love for you right here. I'm gonna. It's I'm gonna, gonna be hard. Like a mother, yeah. And I thought she was gonna hit me right there. I thought yep. like this. Slap, it's going down right put here. Put the nose on the wall. I'm in timeout, <laughs> and she got onto us for the same thing. You need to stop doing that. Mm. And I was like, okay, and and so. Um, so for me trying to step into where am I being fed, mm-hmm. you know, who am I listening to? And so, you know, for right now there's, there's been different seasons of guys that I listen to right now, uh, listening to one pastor that I really appreciate. And so that was this morning, you know, finished up Psalms 23, my, I, don't <laughs> like I don't like about... <laughs> the name drop because people are like, Oh, I'm gonna go look at you him know? because my pastor listens to him and it's like, don't, he doesn't need any more attention. No, he's <laughs> He's a great dude, but it's, so yeah, just even this morning was, you know, woke up and it was like, and I had that knee jerk reaction of like, okay, it's early. What could, it's like, nope, it's time for me to go to church. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's something that I've had to try to transition a little bit, which is different, mm-hmm. you know? So when people want to like maybe Come at me a little bit for the online. Why do we need that? That's not real church. And I always look at him and say, You know, that's how I receive the preaching and the teaching of the word, right? Like, that's the only way that your pastor. Unless you're going to pay me to be out of the pulpit every week. Yeah. Which is a sweet job if you (laughs) can get that. I'm the lead pastor. How long do you (laughs) preach? Or how often do you preach? I never do. How are you? Four times a year. Yeah. But I mean that's honestly and and I've had a couple times, not like they were really upset about why do we have this online, but anytime somebody bashes that I always just say like, you know that's how your lead pastor is mm-hmm. fed. You know, because I and maybe the the preconceived notion is I just have the whole Bible memorized and I don't need Yeah. And it's like, no, no, being a lead pastor, being any pastor, but being a lead pastor where we lead in the ministries for the body of Christ, we still need those ministries. And so if preaching and teaching of the word of God is vital to the health of followers of Jesus, then where am I being fed and where am I hearing preaching and teaching from?
0: Because if we get up and say that, that, that is, that is part of our Christian faith and then we don't do it then we're hypocritical. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, which do you want, you know? Now, and again, like, is it
1: different? It is like, I'm not a part of that church, but I'm a part of that church to a degree, you know? And I understand that, but you know, just like there's some people that they can't step foot into the physical campus, even if they live in town for multiple reasons, but we still want them to to be as connected as possible as that we can and I think the online does that well, and and it even feeds us pastors our souls. So if you are a lead pastor listening to this, I don't know if we would ever have anybody like. I just want to encourage you, like find find someone that really um, that you enjoy that really challenges you in the Word, and and sit under teaching. Mm-hmm. Like y- you preparing and giving a message is not the same. Yeah. And and don't fool yourself. It's not. Yeah. So, anyway.
0: No, that's good. That's
1: the last point that I have. That's all I have to say about that. As the deep theologian Forrest Gump said,
0: <laughs> "Run, Forrest, <us>, run." <laughs> Here we go. No, that's good. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your heart. Oh, there we go.
1: Let's let's see how many people are like,
0: "Wow, that da- that guy's messed up." We'll we'll look at the analytics. We'll <laughs> compare all the we'll compare all the numbers. And, Here we go, and see what they say. We are uh, we're back next week. We're back in Revelation. Back in Revelation. Church in Smyrna. Mm, Ooh, you went, I can't, Smyrna. Smyrna. It's my favorite church.
1: I can't wait until Sunday. There's this one aspect that I know, this is going to be like a, like a little bit of a geek out, but it'd be like, oh, that's cool. That's like, I'm super excited for Sunday. So don't want
0: to miss it. I'm nervous. (laughs) Well, cool. Hey, uh, as we close uh, each and every week, uh, we ask you just to do a couple things uh, for us. One, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, uh, please do so. Uh, If you rate it and review it, it helps us out as well as if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube and you want to watch us, which I'm still not sure why anybody want to look at our ugly mugs for an hour. Yep. But that's an option. And then uh, feel free to share this with anybody. Um, because honestly, it's not it's not just for our people. I'm sitting here like this Yeah, for you to yeah I, I've said I'm three. Like, you're on. You never said two or three. You just one said one was podcast, uh, two was YouTube. Sorry, I okay. didn't yeah, clearly see? communicate that. Help help a brother out. So, uh, thanks for sitting down and listening. If you're on the podcast or if you're on the YouTubes, as the boomers say, <laughs> the, YouTubes. the YouTubes. Thanks for watching and, and listening all the way to the end. we will be back next week with whatever episode number this will be five, six, seven. We. Uh, Whatever. We go in sequential order. So we'll be back next week with another sequential episode number as we dive back into Revelation. And uh, we'll we'll break down your sermon on Smyrna. Smyrna. Well, hey, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you uh, next week. Thank you.